0: What's going on everybody? Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the Say Hey podcast, your favorite podcast that talks about all things Giants baseball. Like always, I'm your host, James Donahue, so hopefully that's not a deal breaker for you. And you are now officially listening to episode 59, which means one less away than 60. But that's it. That's all I got for you. It's not a fun fact. Moving on. Folks, the Giants are still sitting at the top. They currently still hold the first place mantle in the NL West, which of course came after what was quite the nightmare series in LA. The Giants took three games out of four against the Dodgers, and my god, was that a headache! And speaking of that series, I do have a confession to make. You know, the Giants may have been able to actually sweep the Dodgers in LA. If I wasn't there Tuesday night when Will Smith hit the walk-off home run off Tyler Rogers, who walked two batters previously before facing him. And the reason why I say that is because that's the only game the Giants lost, the game that I was at. So I humbly come to you all, my listeners, and beg for your forgiveness. I promise you have my word that I will never, ever, ever go to another Giants-Dodgers game at Dodgers Stadium. Because, you know, I just can't help but feel responsible for the Giants not getting the sweep. Because they were actually winning that game the entire time. The score was at 1.6-1. to Well, we don't have to relive it. It was painful enough. But you get the picture. All you need to know is that I will never jeopardize a Giants sweep against the Dodgers in L.A. ever again by going to a game there. Alright, so what are we going to talk about in today's episode? Well, along with breaking down some Giants-Dodgers matchups, I'm also going to talk about some hitters who have been rumored to be connected to the Giants at the trade deadline. That's right, the trade deadline is only three days away, which means we might be hit here pretty soon with a ton of activity. And I will also provide a player of my own who I think the Giants should trade for. Again... Last episode, I talked about starting pitchers who I think would be perfect additions to the starting rotation. So if you haven't listened to that episode, make sure to go back and listen in order to be as informed and up to date as possible. Alright, here we go. During our last episode, I talked in-depth as to why I love the idea of Chris Bryant wearing a Giants jersey. However, the reason why I'm hesitant is because I don't want to have to give up the entire farm system at the deadline in order to get him. I'm perfectly aware that my opinion may not be popular amongst other Giants fans, but I just personally value sustainable long-term success, and you don't accomplish that by trading away the farm system before you technically have even rebuilt your team. But I also wouldn't be sad if the Giants do somehow walk away with Bryant at the end of the trade deadline. Now, a good friend of mine posed the question, what if the Giants acquired Bryant and Kimbrel in the same trade? And at first, my honest reaction was still no. No, absolutely not. Because in my head, I'm just so stubborn. I still think, in my opinion, a Bryant, and Crim- a Bryant and Kimbrell trade would result in too much loss in our farm system. But after the recent bullpen struggles during the past two series against the Dodgers and the Pirates, and due to the lack of production from the right side of the plate the Giants have been dealing with all year, that trade is honestly starting to sound more and more enticing, in my opinion. But again... The trade is only worth it for me if the Giants can lock up Bryant to a long-term contract the following season. Another package from the Cubs I would really enjoy is Bryant and Kyle Hendricks. That's right, another starting pitcher I failed to mention last episode. And the reason being is because over Hendricks' last 13 starts, he's produced a 2.50 ERA. And the best part about Hendricks is that he still has two more years of control over his contract. So, the Giants would have some security heading into next year with all the one year deals coming off the board in the starting rotation. So I do think Bryant is the most important player on the market for the Giants to acquire. Whether it be at the trade deadline during the or during the offseason, excuse me, when he becomes a free agent. When it comes down to it, I think Bryant needs to be a giant. But unfortunately, we can't really worry about the offseason right now. We have to focus on the trade deadline. And another hitter who's been linked to the Giants is Starling Marte, the speedy veteran outfielder who currently plays for the Miami Marlins. And as of right now, Marte has produced a 301 batting average. He has only hit seven home runs this year, but he's stolen 21 bases on the year. Now, here is my opinion. I love Marte. He's a great player. He's fast. He plays outstanding defense. He's a right-handed batter who's also shown flashes of power throughout his career. In 2019, he hit 23 home runs while also stealing 25 bags. There's not much to not like about the guy. The only tiny, tiny bit of reservation I have with Marte is that he's another free agent at the end of the season. And in my opinion, he's more likely to walk at the end of the year in order to get that bigger contract. And the reason why I believe that, sorry, that's a lot, is because he recently just turned down a three-year contract 30 million dollar contract extension from the Marlins which tells me he's looking to be paid more than 10 million dollars a year which is also kind of risky in my opinion for a player who's going to be 33 in October again Marte is nice but I think there might be other options you know options that are cheaper and options that fit the scheme of the Giants roster way better like say Robbie Grossman for example that's right this is random as hell but just listen to me for a second Robbie Grossman is currently one of the outfielders for the Detroit Tigers, and as of right now, Grossman has managed to hit 15 home runs and steal 11 bases on the year. So he's another guy who can give you power and speed in your lineup, and he's a switch hitter, so he's matchup proof for whatever pitcher is on the mound. But one of the coolest things about Grossman's game is that he's walking in 15% of his at-bats, which also ranks in the top 3% of the league, and the best part? Grossman isn't a free agent until 2023, and the Giants would only have to pay the man five million dollars to have him on their roster next year, as opposed to Marte, who would probably cost anywhere from 12 to 15 million, in my opinion, if if he turned down 10 million a year from the Miami Marlins. This option makes more sense to me as well because Grossman is also used to playing in a platoon system. But also, this is just an insanely cheap deal for a player who's performing extremely well. At this point, I would much rather see the Giants do the Bryant trade, some type of package with the Cubs, or go out and trade for Grossman. Marte would be nice. I I wouldn't be sad, but ultimately down the road, I feel like that would result in a situation similar to the infamous Carlos Beltran trade failure we are all trying to avoid. So this is actually a pretty big week for the Giants. Not only do they start another series with the Dodgers tonight in San Francisco, but this is trade deadline week. It's July 27th, all right? The the trade deadline ends on July 30th. At the end of the week, we could possibly see Chris Bryant in a Giants uniform. Who knows at this point? I have no idea. Again, the only thing I would like is if the Giants can maintain the majority of their farm system while also acquiring something that would help them this second half of the season in order to make a playoff push. If we can all do that then I would definitely be happy. All right, folks, before I close out today's episode, let's go ahead and give a little bit of a preview into this series that starts tonight against the Dodgers at home. On the mound for both teams, it's going to feature a matchup between Logan Webb versus Julio Urias, which for me at least, I could not be more personally excited about this matchup simply because Logan Webb has owned the Dodgers this year. But if you also look at his stats at home, you can see that Logan Webb has produced a 1.64 ERA at home and opposing hitters have only been able to produce a combined batting average at Oracle Park, of 1.25 against him. And to make matters even better, the Dodgers have only been able to combine a career batting average of 2.19 against Logan Webb. So I love the matchup. Julio Arias, you know, he is either on or he's either off. He had a good outing against the Giants. However, there were home runs hit. I'm not necessarily afraid of him. I'm more afraid of the next guy who's on the mound for the Dodgers the next night. Which will feature a matchup between Walker Bueller versus Anthony Descofani. You know, if I'm being honest, Anthony Descofani has been up and down. It's been a roller coaster when it comes to facing the Dodgers. All right, he did strike out seven batters the last time he faced them this last series. However, something else that's positive is that Anthony Descofani, all right, when batters face him at Oracle Park, Opposing hitters have only been able to produce a .083 batting average against him at home, which is fantastic. That's something to look forward to. However, that doesn't negate the track record the Dodgers have against Anthony Discofani. This is definitely going to be the toughest game of the three. Um, if the Giants can walk away with a win tonight, all right, maybe they don't win tomorrow night, but if they can somehow close it out in order to win the series and walk away with two out of three, that would be ideal because the third night is going to be David Price versus Johnny Cueto. And, you know, Johnny Cueto has been rough lately. But to be fair, the Dodgers have only been able to produce a combined career batting average of 2-1-3 against Johnny Cueto. So, there might be hope, who knows. But in my opinion, and I know you all share this opinion as well, in order to win these games, the Giants somehow have to figure out how to slow down Chris Taylor Max Muncy and Justin Turner I know that's a tall order but that's just the way it is those three guys if they're in the lineup those three guys can win the game on their own that's how effective they are and that's how effective they've been throughout this entire year and even though nothing is guaranteed when you face the Los Angeles Dodgers because they are one of the best teams in all of baseball and have been over the past seven or eight years Even though nothing is guaranteed when you face this juggernaut of a team, I will say the Giants did win three games the last time they faced the Dodgers away, I might add, in LA. So now they come home. Winning three games might not be that far out of the question, especially with how well the Giants have been playing all year. Again, nothing is guaranteed when you're facing the Dodgers. However... If the Dodgers were listening to me, I would also say nothing is guaranteed when you face the Giants either. This team is just that good. Along with suppressing the bats of Max Muncy, Chris Taylor, and Justin Turner, the keys to this game, in my opinion, are the Giants need to get at the starting pitching early. They have to attack. They can't let the starting pitching dominate from anywhere from six to eight innings because then you have to face Kenley Jansen. Oh wait, that might not be too bad. Actually, I would love to face Kenley Jansen. I'm joking. I'm joking. Not really. Kenley Jansen sucks. Anyways, our starting pitching needs to hold up. That's just the way it is. Whether the Giants can walk away as winners of this series is up to our starting pitchers. Making sure the game doesn't get blown out of proportion within the first five or six or maybe even seven innings is crucial. That's the way it is against this team. You have to demand perfection because any mistake can result in a huge loss and a setback this late in the season. So, my hope is that the Giants can walk away with two out of three, but you know what? Let's get a sweep. The Giants won three out of four. That means they could win three games again. So, we'll see what happens at the end of this series, but I will say this we are right in the middle. Tonight starts the hardest part of the season. After this three game series against the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Giants then face the Houston Astros, which. Arguably, depending on who you're talking to, we'll say they are the best team in the American League. But fortunately for the Giants, they're going to start getting their bats back. I think Brandon Crawford is destined to be back uh, a few days from now. Brandon Belt, he's doing baseball activity. He's running the bases. He was taking grounders, so that's definitely encouraging. And Tommy Lastella is on a rehab start right now. He's playing games in AAA, so he might be the one we see first, either him or Brandon Crawford. So even though there are definitely some tough games on the horizon, there's definitely some optimism that, that we can all look forward to, and that's the Giants getting some of their best bats back healthy and back into this lineup. All right, everyone, that is going to be all for today's episode of the Say Hey Podcast. If you want to leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, you can do so if you feel so inclined. You can also find the podcast on Spotify. And folks, like always, please keep staying safe out there. Please keep being smart in this crazy world. But most importantly, go Giants.